armadillo. Welcome to Seti Shoppo. This is a podcast where we work out what is the opposite of something that doesn't have a natural opposite. I am Simon. Hello, Izzy. Goodbye, Simon. Um, I don't know how I sound, but uh, uh, my tonsils are eating themselves, so I apologise if I sound weird. This is, this is Simon's ongoing um, ability to avoid having his tonsils out for the eighth year now, more than that. Well, 45th, really. Yeah, yeah. So, well done him. We're yeah. going to go with entire side of faith turned into a tonsil now well it's more like an alien that's trying to lay an egg inside me or has yeah, laid may- an egg maybe, inside me maybe yeah it's like it's like wasps nests living in your neck oh yeah no, that'd be cool that'd be buzzing all the time I'd quite like that you'd be Would talking you? like this and it'd be really good because you'd be buzzing all the time and it'd be like you're in a helicopter I'm just gonna not comment on that last thing okay that's fair enough how are that's... you more importantly I dreamt last night that I was trying to um, negotiate with Vladimir Putin and I tell you what there's no there's no doing it it was just you can't <laughs> I I dreamt I was in a soggy house. A soggy house? Yeah, which is much the same. You wet the bed again? No. no. How's the sawdust? Have you moved it out from under your wheel? (laughs) I always dream about soggy houses. Do you? Yeah, because I have a tidy bladder. Also, isn't it to do with the fact that you were brought up in a gingerbread house and feared the rain? God, yeah. That would be awful if you lived in a gingerbread house in, in Britain, wouldn't it? It would be bad. Mm. Although we did used to eat our houses, isn't that right? Oh, my God. You said that bottle and daub houses, were, when you got really hungry, you could eat them. I might have said that the French during famines got so hungry that they ate tree bark. That's much the same as what I just said. But that's not the same as we made our houses so that we could eat them. <laughs> that's where gingerbread houses come from. Dear God. It, anyway, I want to know, what is the opposite? How small do you think the people of the past were? <laughs> Why have they got to be small? In a gingerbread house. Yeah, no, but you build a full-size gingerbread house, don't you? Yeah, you do, Simon. Well, if you're going to build a gingerbread house, I bet you could 3D print a gingerbread house now. I don't think they could in the past. No, <laughs> obviously not. But have you seen 3D printing the concrete houses? Um, Yes. I wouldn't call that 3D printing, though. Well, it is 3D printing. It's got a, a, a CNC axis, three-axis thing. and it's Anyway. I suppose it is. I mean, it just doesn't see. It doesn't seem like three D printing if you're using concrete, because then all concrete is technically three D printed, but by hand. Yeah, but the whole point of three D printing is it's computer numerically controlled with a gantry that moves and puts everything in precise position. Yeah, but that's. I mean, okay, but the whole point of like most concrete structures is it's just dudes doing that. Yeah, but that's not three D printing. <laughs> the whole point of three D printing. But it's exactly is... the same job, except the only difference is you've got AI versus yeah. a person doing it. <laughs> you might as well say. A self-driving but car is a person, but a person I don't think can physically make some of the smaller plastic devices that you get through a three D printer with the interlocking bits already interlocking. If that makes sense, yeah, that's, it's actually okay. a new sort of technology that allows you to do something that's previously impossible. You'd have to make two bits and stick them together, and three D printing goes beyond that. Whereas concrete has always been something you can do that with because it is liquid and it solidifies, right. and it's still liquid as you build it. I take your point. Thank you. I want to know, what is the opposite of gin and tonic? Ooh. 
I've got an idea. Okay. My initial thought was malaria. Okay, well, you need to explain your logic then. Because for a long time, the only um, way to avoid malaria was to drink um, gin and tonic. And it's the tonic water specifically that's got... I can't remember what quinine it is. What is it? or quinine. Yeah, quinine. Um, that stops, that basically makes you untasty to mosquitoes. Yeah, And so... the only way to make that bearable to drink is to mix it with uh, gin. Yeah, that's kind of what happened. Because tonic water used to have much more quinine in it than it does these mm. days so they mixed it with gin lime and various other things and it, basically it was the the uh the english in M- it was the english in india you know when we were scourging the planet uh and it was part of what they made it up out of all their different rations basically um if you ask for a gin and tonic in some places in america they'll put soda water in it no this is like tea in the microwave. I'm trying to think if I've ever had gin and tonic. I don't. I I, I used to drink gin and tonic as a child. <laughs> oh, that is, that explains a lot. Um, yeah. I don't like it. I think I have had it. I always. I don't like the smell of it. Bitter. Certainly. I like pims, which is a form of gin. Apparently, like, we discovered this like yesterday. You like sugar. That's what you like. Simon. It's got all like sorts of it. The nice pims. thing about gin and tonic is it's very savoury. It's not a um, mm. sweet drink. Yeah, and of course we know that uh, every culture throughout the known galaxy has invented a drink called gin and tonic. That is true, but only one has invented the pangalactic gargle blaster. That's exactly right. Um, So uh, it can't be, well it could be the pangalactic gargle blaster, but I I know for a fact we've worked out the opposite of that. I just can't remember what. uh, What's the opposite of having a head wrapped around a brick? You know what the opposite of a pangalactic gargle blaster is. What? Cup of tea. A plastic cup uh, filled with a liquid. liquid. It's almost, but not entirely, unlike tea. Unlike tea. Exactly. So, yeah, it could be malaria. That's not not an awful shout, actually. Um, What is malaria? Oh, this is fun. Is malaria, Simon, a virus or a bacteria? Do they not know? What do you mean, do they not know? They know what malaria is. Oh, yeah. I reckon reckon it's a bacteria. Uh, Oh, it's a virus. Okay. uh, Oh, it's neither. Yeah. That was a trick question. It's a trick question, Simon. Uh, I don't know if I approve approve of your trick question. So what what is it? It's a parasite. It's a parasite. That kind of makes it a virus. No, no, that makes it much more near a bacteria. Kind of makes it a bacteria. Oh, my God. It's in between, isn't it? No, it's not in between. It's the <laughs> other side of bacteria. Like viruses don't even have DNA; they have RNA. They they have no cell structure. Okay. They're very, very right. weird. Bacteria are usually single-celled organisms, which get inside your body, and you know. Whereas parasites are multi-celled organisms, which get inside your body, and rah, rah, rah. so. So if you get malaria, what happens? You get a fever. Right. And then you die from the fever or you don't. And because yeah. it's malaria, it keeps coming back. Oh. So you never, you never ever get over it. Oh. But you can get reinfected with it as well. So you, like, you can have it like 30 times in your life and each time you get it, it's meant to get worse. And there aren't really that many cures of it either. So it's killed more people on the planet than anything else ever. That's like total. I think something like 60% of the human race has been killed what, by including malaria. including war? Yeah. Wow. Like that... literally everybody in history who's ever existed, Simon, the majority of people die from malaria. I it used to be in this country. Tonic. It used to be called Agu. Agu? Yeah. If you look in there, it's Agu or Agu. It's okay. written in. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's false, but it's one of these false facts which I really like, yeah. so I want it to be real, is the idea that the people of Norfolk, the reason why... That we 
we all think they're interbred was because they are because they actually worked out that certain people from certain families children were immune to malaria oh. and therefore they started to interbreed with each other more so that their children would survive but that's not and it true. became bad luck to sort of marry outside your village okay. apparently that's not true but it should be true so they did have very bad diseases bristol where you are simon loads of malaria back in the day but what happened we had industrial farming that really got rid of the majority of mosquitoes and therefore we do not have it okay so industrial farming has its pleasant side effects oh yeah which is no malaria um but it is it is incredibly you know still a massive issue in africa and um in yeah, places like india you know don't get bitten have a g and t exactly so me the opposite of gin and tonic is malaria now mark wants to know what's the opposite of email do you use email still? I have to. I, I use it a bit, but not a huge amount. You use it to e- you use it for work yeah. and to get vouchers. I don't know. I I've got a, like a junk email that just yeah. fills up with crap. I don't even. But look that's at still it. an email. Well, that's true, I suppose. Um, did you know on Gmail you can put like um addendums to your own address? So you could put I don't say your address is bum at gmail dot com. You can put. How, don't give away my address, Simon. <laughs> you can put. I think I'm right to say you put bum plus spam at gmail.com and it'll yeah so it's a real email address but it it won't clog up your um whether or not that's still true i don't know do you remember wave simon's tech advice simon's tech (laughs) advice is 15 years out of date but it might still work he doesn't know he hasn't tried do you remember wave no so about 10 15 years ago google reinvented email from the ground up they said what what how would we want email to work now if we invented email now and it was really cool so you you could write a message and everyone could see it so as many people as you wanted you can embed stuff in it like maps and things and quizzes and whatnot but also you could you could um edit so you could go oh the party's not at eight now it's at nine but you would change the original message so it's all in there and it, it it was really good, but no one used it. But a lot of all of that tech they've used for other things now. So like the collaboration in docs and things. I've fallen asleep, Simon. I'm sorry. What? It's all right. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. But, you know, that's just rude. Is uh, it? I, I listened to you talking all about malaria. I know, which, I know. Which, which was, was boring. I, I do I no, do. It understand. wasn't boring. It, I, I, that was the joke. Oh, never mind. Um, so, but yeah. Um, so the opposite of email, Simon, is um, what's the opposite of not sending somebody a message? Well, now before email existed, it... oh right? No, no, this is good and apropos, right? The word email itself had a different meaning, which derived from the French word email, which primarily refers to the vitreous enamel and ceramic glaze. So that yes. is the opposite of email. Email so is the opposite. things have enamel and ceramic glaze are toilets and pots. No, no, it's, it's the glaze itself. Oh. The French word for e- the French word email, before email, meant the vitreous enamel of a ceramic glaze. Mm, I'm which, not entirely Which, if convinced. you think about it, is the opposite of email. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Both of them. That's not sending them, a message. No, but it's 
um, allowing you to preserve messages for a long time, and that enamel. And that's the opposite of email. Then email is uh, ephemeral. No, it's not ephemeral. That's well, it the thing. is really. It's not like Snapchat, is it? it yeah, but it back. is. You can ephemeral. look through Doesn't... your old messages. It's not tangible. If you want me to. I could search my Gmail now, now for your email address, and it'll come up with something you sent me thirteen years That's ago. That's true. A picture of a bottle. But but it's not, but it's not tangible. Whereas if you if you preserved a message in ceramic, that would be tangible, and you know you could hold it. So cuneiform tablets are the opposite of email. No, email is the opposite of email. Although cuneiform tablets is not too bad. I mean the the bloody you know the Moses things. What are they called? The I want to say the commitments. <laughs> The Ten Commandments, you bad Catholic. <laughs> Come ill, leave me alone. Um, although <laughs> the, the commitments would have been very funny. I will murder you, I will worship <laughs> other gods. But but also an Irish singing band, which, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's either cuneiform the opposite of the commitments or email. is the proclaimers. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I would go with the cuneiform tablet over... Your thing. Via your thing, though, so that's what's included. Yes. Mark, the opposite of email is cuneiform. Jenny wants to know, what's the opposite of purring? Oh, that's nice, isn't it? It's nice, isn't it? In Susan's um, instance, it's worrying. (laughs) Well, you need to explain that. Uh, So if you pick Susan up, or go near her, or look at her wrong, or stop spanking her bottom, because she likes her bottom being spanked, Um, if you stop spanking her bottom, she'll make this noise. And when she's happy, she makes the purring noise with a lot of slurping. Right. And, uh, and uh, Arthur, mm. my old cat, he used to have a two-tone purr, a little telephone. He had a normal purr and a little high-pitched purr above it. And cat is quite similar. She's got a similar-ish purr, but not quite the same. Exactly, but he did sound like a telephone. Sounding like a telephone. Yeah, no, that's why I said that was. That's what, yeah. So what? What? What is the purpose of purring? Well, this is interesting, isn't it? There's. It's meant to be. Uh, I think we. The general consensus is that purring is a communication thing. So it's kind of low. It's a way of keeping your kittens around you. It's a way of you know maintaining. You know, it's a social cue to sort of stay. But they also do it when they're killing things. So yeah, they also do it when they're ill and in pain. But but that's self-soothing, think, probably. Yeah. So it is that it is that sort of thing of going. Cats are actually quite social and chatty, and mm. they make a lot of noises. Apparently, that's too high for humans to hear. Oh, Susan right. just talks to herself all the time. They also don't meow at each other. That's purely for humans, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Which Apparently. is weird. Apparently. They figured out that their meow is the, the same. F- well, it's the same. F- yeah, it's the same frequency as the a baby crying. You can't ignore a meow for oh, you can. evolution. Well, you. <laughs> You think you can, but every time a cat meows, you react. You can't not hear it. So, yeah, you're right. There are different types of purrs. Solicitation purrs, non-solicitation purrs. But is the opposite of a purr a whirrer? Well, I think Susan's the only cat that whirrers, so that could be true. She's not. She's not the only cat that whirrers, surely. She's the only cat that whirrers when she's content. But she's not content. She's telling you, even though she's like, you know, had a biscuit and is flopping on top of you, mm-hmm. she will tell you that she hates you. Right. And lick her lips and stuff. That's the best way to tell if a cat hates you, by the way, if they lick their lips. Lick at you. their lips, yeah. Here's a theory that um might make sense. 
if if a cat purrs when it's in pain, that may suggest that purring releases painkillers. So cats may just be addicted to painkillers in there. Um, yeah, you know, I don't think it's the same as painkillers. Hormones. That, yeah, no, but you know, a hormone which acts as a painkiller in the same way that you know koalas eat. I want to say methylated spirits. I don't mean methylated spirits. You mean eucalyptus? Eucalyptus. <laughs> And are stoned all the time. Maybe cats. I mean, if you want the opposite sound to a purr, a koala doing anything. What does a koala terrible. sound like? They sound like the devil fucking a chainsaw. Oh, God. Yeah, they're really quite unpleasant. They've got this sort of, particularly when they rape each other, it's really bad. Koalas aren't nice, are they? No, they, they're very rapey and wrong. Yeah. I mean, possums scream too, but they're a bit nicer socially than koalas. They're just not as cute. But it would make sense that if if the purring releases a hormone that is nice, a nice feeling, that, you know, cats are kind of slightly stoned all the time. Well, if that were the case, why did they go after catnip too? So... Well, they're... they're they're junkies. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, it, it's it's one theory. So anyway, but you're right. Yes, the opposite of purring, Jenny, is a whirrah. Do a whirrah. Therefore, this week we worked out that the opposite of gin and tonic is malaria, that the opposite of email is cuneiform, and that the opposite of purring is a whirrah. You may plug your other podcasts. Oh, okay. Um, yes, please listen to Terrible Lizards. It is very good. Also, um, mid-April, I'm releasing a new podcast. We will talk about it on here, but just just look out for my socials and stuff. It's going to be incredibly exciting. It is exciting. It's not with Simon. No. That's always good. Always. Uh, also, please buy my books. Um, you can go to isdi.com and get all the links to the various things, what I do. You could do things on my website too. Well, there's lots of things to read and listen to. Though, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, what? Um, yeah, all sorts, all sorts, all sorts going on if over there. If you want, you know, a deep analysis of nineties adverts and confectionery, yeah. Simon's. Yeah, damn right. I mean, Simon's. I could bore you all now about the whisper if no, you like. No, please don't. I've already done that yesterday in a feverish manner, so I'm sure it was incredibly entertaining. It wasn't uh, it, it? It bored even me yesterday. It was. You are obsessed. I don't understand your obsession with confectionery. You are like, you know, a man. I, back in the day I, about I, birds. I'll tell you what it is. At the moment, it's because I'm not eating chocolate deliberately. So, I, so I'm all all the time wanting chocolate. So I'm thinking, oh, I want chocolate. So I think about chocolate. We're all obsessed with confectionery. That's the whole point of the millions and millions of pounds they but spend. We're not, no, no, no. But we're not, Simon. I could go to anyone in the street and go, would you rather have a Kit Kat or a Mars bar? And they'd have a good conversation about it. The but answer, of course, is a Kit Kat. I think you'd also make the same of, would you rather have anything or anything that doesn't no. No, I don't think so. Would you rather have a pair of shoes or knickers? Would you rather have a pair of Nikes or Adidas? I don't give a shit. Shoes, innit? Yeah, I know you don't, but other people would obsess about it the same way you're obsessing well, about it. Well, they're chocolate. weird. They're just weird, obsessive weirdos. Who um, would want to have a conversation or a friendship with them? Hello. 